what you're trying to get across to people, instead of telling them, instead of marketing to them with flyers, with all this other different stuff that's marketing, you can create that whole persona through social media. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, got two questions for you. And this is for my fix and flippers out there. One, are your financing costs eating away your bottom line? And two, are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by reducing your loan payments to the bank or private lender? Of course you are, right? You're always looking to maximize the potential of your deal. So here's a solution. We got a solution for you through the crowdfunding platform, Patch of Land. If you're a loyal best ever listener, you know Patch of Land. They've been on the show many times. They've sponsored the show many times. They're back for more because they love you. They want to help you out. They want to add value to your life. And here's how they're going to do it. They have a solution to your financing issue of financing costs eating away from your bottom line, and they want to help you reduce your loan payment to the bank. So here we go. Patch of Land offers a fix and flip loan program that only charges interest on the funds that have been dispersed as opposed to the traditional model of lenders charging interest on the whole loan amount at the beginning. You save a lot of money this way, and it can be misleading when you get your terms quoted to you by the lender at a particular rate if they charge all the interest up front versus upon distributions. Patch of Land's got a document that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper to educate yourself on questions you should ask the lender. Regardless if you go with Patch of Land, you've got to get this document to educate yourself on the questions to ask your lender to make sure you're getting the best financing terms. The document's at patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. That's patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Patch of Land, they can close in as little as seven days and they can help you through this program save thousands of dollars on your deals, make more money, and uh, have a better business and grow your fix and flip business. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, author Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others with us today, Trish Williams. How you doing, Trish? Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. And thanks for being on the show a little bit about Trish. Well, in two short years as a real estate agent, she has sold over $10 million of property and she's in Las Vegas. She, in 2014, started her career in real estate and was named Rookie of the Year. And her biggest testament to her level of success is that 90% of her business is referral-based. She also works with some investors and in 2016 served as a technology chair member of the Associate Leadership Council and ranked number five in overall production in her brokerage, which is Keller Williams, Las Vegas. With that being said, Trish, you want to get the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. Good morning. And thank you again for having me on the show. Basically, I got into real estate 2014 towards the end of the year. Believe it or not, I was a union painter before I got into real estate. I don't believe that. No, that's surprising. (laughs) A lot of people don't believe that. Most people, I tell them, they're like, what? How'd that happen? Well, I did more like specialty finishes, but did a lot of custom homes. It just kind of got me a fascination with real estate, even though it wasn't the same type of business. It kind of got me fascinated in the field. And I decided to do it, just try it out and see what happens. And it's been 
excellent ever since. This year, one of my major focuses is I'm building a team now. In the beginning of the year, I hired on a full-time admin and I just took on my first buyer's agent to join the team. And by the end of the year, I hope I'm growing it by at least one more agent as well. Mm -hmm. 90% of your business is referral-based. How do you get to that level other than performance? Are there any tactical things that you do to get the 90%? You know, one of the major things that I use to gain business, for one, I was born and raised in Vegas, but it's not just because I know so many people here. I use Facebook as a form of gaining referrals. Every time when I meet somebody, if I meet you at the grocery store, we have a conversation, I ask you your name and I'm going to add you as a friend to my Facebook. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, I'm not marketing. I don't ever want to sound like a commercial. I'm just talking about what I do. I talk about if I have an experience, if I'm out in the house and it has an amazing kitchen, I'm going to post it. If I see something that has great investment potential, I'm going to post it. But I'm not posting it like a commercial. I'm posting it as me, Trish, just letting people know what's going on out here. Mm -hmm. And that has brought me so many direct referrals. Sometimes people I don't even really speak with or haven't talked to in years or don't even know personally will be, hey, I need a house. I need to do this. I have a friend selling their house. You're the one I choose. So I build enough credibility on Facebook to get direct referrals often. Mm. That's an interesting concept. And it's something that it sounds like you're taking the approach that perhaps some don't initially take, and that is it's not a commercial, but it's more casually talking about in a conversational sense what you're up to and some interesting things versus I have this listing, here's a link to the MLS. Yes. And I noticed that people have zero response to that. I mean, there, there is every now and then if it's exactly what they're looking for, but people don't want to be advertised to. It's just plain and simple. That's, that's not it. If I get an award, I'm posting a picture of me with the award or something happens. Every success, I'm posting it, but it, there's never an advertisement involved in it. I post videos all the time. Video has such great response. People get used to seeing me. And even though they might not see me in everyday life. They know me because I'm always posting these videos and they're not professional videos. They're just sometimes my hair is crazy or whatever, but I'm still a person and mm -hmm. people really like that. What are the videos of? If I've been outdoor knocking, posted a video, you know, just, hey, I'm outdoor knocking this neighborhood. It's a great day out good for people. And I show the yards or the neighborhood or the view of the street or something like that. If I met a new construction home, grand opening for a model home, post a video of it. Just different things, whatever I'm out that I think people might want to see. Mm. And before you became a real estate agent and broker, while you were union painter and maybe even before that, I don't know, were you really active on Facebook? No, I posted. Yeah, but no, I was nowhere near as active as I am right now. I actually have a friend. She owns a restaurant and she was voted best of Las Vegas for years and years in a row. And I watched that and I seen she does everything on Facebook. She's always posting, you know, pictures of food, pictures of everything. She just drives people in there by posting. And when I got into real estate, I was looking at how am I going to get people to know who I am? I don't ever want to have to meet someone and give them the big long laundry list yep. of everything I've done. To me, it's annoying, you yep. know, and, and I never want to do that. So I want to build that credibility with people first. And that's basically what she did. And she had so much success from it. I just started doing it. I make it a habit. I post all the time. 
I'm not selfishly posting. I take time out of every day to scroll down, see what other people are doing, find out whose people's birthdays it is. I'm interacting with people often. So I use Facebook as a big part of my life now. If you meet someone at the grocery store and you have a good conversation with him or her and you say, hey, what's your name? I'll add you on Facebook. And they say, I'm not on Facebook. Do you then have a different approach you take? Oh, yeah. I always have information for market updates, for different things that are going on in the community. I can talk to you about, give you an estimate of what your home's worth. If you're a homeowner, if you're looking to buy, I can tell you about all the different programs. What's a good way I can contact you? There are people that aren't on Facebook. Not everybody's going to be reached on there. Mm -hmm. How frequently do you post on Facebook? Probably at least every other day. Every day I'm commenting on something for somebody. I'm checking it often. I'm doing some kind of post, but my own personal post that I post on there, probably at least every other day. And it's not all business. I post personal things too. I stay out of politics. I stay out of any kind of things that are controversial. I never, ever, ever post anything that has to do with those. I don't want to alienate people whatsoever. So I always keep kind of a neutral stance and stay positive and just try to be the person that people really want to work with. Do you have any other approaches to social media or Facebook specifically, whether it's commenting on other people's posts or replying to comments or always liking every single thing? Or is there anything else other than what you mentioned? No, I try to stay genuine. When I scroll through Facebook, I'm not going to like everybody's posts just to be fair because eventually people are going to know it's not real. But I'll scroll through and I comment. I take interest in what other people are doing. I see what's going on in their lives. It helps me to know who may need my assistance. I do just make it a habit every day to scroll through, take a few minutes, see what people are doing, whatever's at the top of my news feed. And birthdays, of course, I always reach out on birthdays. Aside from that personal page, I do have the business page that we're supposed to have. And I do do advertisements and target marketing through that page. One of the things that I haven't really quite figured out yet, I get the engagement, I get the likes, I get all that stuff off the target marketing. Every now and then I'll get a direct message that is responding to it. But on that target marketing, I haven't really figured out how to convert those people or grab them. So I add them as friends. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. just add them to my personal page because I have such a better conversion rate of converting people through that. When you reach out to people on their birthdays, what do you say? Just happy birthday. If there's something I know special about them or what's going on in their world, I mention it or, you know, whatever. It's just whatever. Okay. All uh, right. So you don't you don't have a, a certain approach you take other than just say happy birthday no. and perhaps that may be something else. Okay, cool. No, just regular. Yeah. Switching gears, you're working with investors. The majority of your business is people who are buying a house to live in, so not investors, but you do work with some investors. And with those experiences with those investors, what are you working on acquiring for them that meets their goals? Well, right now, the way that our market has been, I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on in Vegas, but we've had a lot of big announcements over this year. So our market's been doing very good and prices have been on the rise, but they announced professional football teams coming. We got the Raiders coming, yay. And professional hockey teams. There's a lot of great things happening in Vegas right now that boosting our economy, it's boosting our housing market. So right now, prices, they're a little bit higher than they have been over the past couple of years. So the investors that I've worked with that are looking to purchase homes right now, the days of buying homes super low and flipping them, 
There's still a few of those out there, but there's by far not as many. The short sales are starting to go away. Even the foreclosures are getting less and less. So there's not a whole lot of opportunity there for that anymore. So I've been working with a couple people that are buying rentals. They're buying homes to basically have a rental property or whatever for just the next couple of years because the Raider Stadium is supposed to be coming in three years. And of course, we all know none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know for sure what's going to happen, but we do believe that there's going to be quite a bit more increase between now and the next three years. So they're buying these properties as rental properties where they're not getting a huge return on investment right now, just kind of breaking even, coming out a little bit on top. But in the future, the point is to sell them in the next couple of years for a lot higher than they purchased them for. Uh, okay. Do you know if they're making any money in that holding period? Yes, they are. On average, they're making about probably just coming on top about 150 to 200 a month. Okay. Not a lot. And about what's the price point? The most recent ones I did, both of them are around 200,000. Okay, cool. And they're both in areas where there should be increase as the market starts to inflate. They're good properties altogether. What leads you to believe that the areas that these homes are in should increase? They're close by where the stadium is going to be built. So that should naturally just bring people around the area. They have a good, the community season. It's not like ran down or an older community. It's still a place where somebody would want to live close by schools, close by shopping, all the great location things that everybody talks about. One of them is a three bedroom, one of them is a four bedroom. It's the homes that can hold a family. Mm-hmm. Now, one question I always ask, and this is based on your experience working with these investors and then also coming out of the gate incredibly fast with the $10 million in two short years. For the best ever listeners who either want to create a referral-based business where they're getting organic leads or are looking to invest in a market similar to Las Vegas, what is your best advice ever for them? Well, creating a referral-based business, basically use, and it doesn't have to be Facebook, any type of social media, that's where people, especially people this day and age, they're always on it, all ages too. What you're trying to get across to people, instead of telling them, instead of marketing to them with flyers, with all this other different stuff that's marketing, you can create that whole persona through social media. And it's very easy to do. Let them know that's one of the hardest things for people that are even starting out in real estate how do people know that I'm good and I'm going to take care of them or whatever? How do I let anybody know that? That's a great way to let people know. So to me, it's simple. It's the simplest way that you can get in. It's the best type of leads is direct referrals. As far as investing in Vegas, we're definitely doing pretty well in our market right now. (laughs) I, I don't know what to say. You're looking to actually invest in something that you want to resell to purchase it, rehab, resell. You're going to have to look for short sales, highly distressed properties. Very often it's going to be cash only purchase where there's going to be some things wrong with the home and that's the way that you're going to get a good return on it. You're not going to get something that even partially move in ready because their buyers are buying those even. They're buying homes that are cosmetically destroyed as long as they can get financing on them. Those homes are still selling right now like hotcakes. So if you really want to get in, get some return on your investment, you'd probably have to go something that's not able to be financed at this point. Going back to the referral-based business and your focus on Facebook, do you put your attention towards other social media platforms or are you pretty much exclusively focused on one? 
I'm exclusively focused on Facebook, and it's probably just because I don't know any of the other ones that mm-hmm. well. I mean, so I Facebook's very easy for me, and that's why I do it. I have plans on talking with people to like kind of, you know, walk me through the other platforms. I have an associate that I've spoken with recently does a lot of business through Snapchat and I can't even imagine how that would work, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Neither one of us can imagine how they get business through Snapchat. I know, like there's a way. I'm not not even sure I want to know, quite frankly. (laughs) All right, you (laughs) you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. Trish, what's the best ever book you've read? Okay, so best ever book, are you talking real estate or non-real estate? Real estate. Okay, real estate, Pat Hyben's 10 Steps to Seven Figures. 10 Steps to Seven Figures by Pat Huggins? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Six Steps to Seven Figures, Pat Hyben. Yeah, Pat Hyben. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Pat. (laughs) Sorry, Six yeah. steps um, to seven yeah. figures. Yep. Cool. Yes. Sorry about the 10. I, and I, I, I had a best, moment. <laughs> best ever listeners. <laughs> we all have moments. Best ever listeners, you can Google Pat Hyben, Joe Fairless. I interviewed Pat on the show and you can hear his interview. What is the best ever transaction you've done? Best ever transaction, I would say, was a new construction home. It was when I first started out, I really didn't know much about the business whatsoever. But I heard that you can go in with new builders and negotiate. So I actually hit them really, really hard on a bunch of things. And now down the line, I'm amazed at how much I was able to get from them. (laughs) I didn't know any better. I just like, I was just going to try to get everything I can. It was like the new build and I got some of the extra incentives added on for the buyer. But I also got like a third car garage added, the extra bedroom downstairs. It was like over $30,000 in upgrades that were added on for nothing. Wow. So I don't know if it was the time of the year or whatever, but they left the office a few times. I wouldn't budge. I was just I was just really proud of that. Just starting out, coming out the door, I, I, I thought I did a great job on that one. No kidding. Do they still talk to you today? Yes, actually. Believe me, they do. A salesperson there every single time they have a new community. He always calls me out, invites me out. They really, in the end, really like me. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Overpricing listings, just kind of going with the sellers when the sellers don't really want to budge on price and kind of giving in on that. I've noticed that I really have to stand firm on the prices because an overpriced listing doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't do me any good when the home's not moving and I'm trying to explain to the seller that the home's not moving, it's not selling because of this, pricing it right will get you more money. And I think I didn't really protect myself on that in the beginning and it hurt me. And I mean, of course, I, I spend a lot of money on marketing up front. So it was a loss for me in the end. 
but that's something that I've learned the hard way. It doesn't benefit anybody. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I'm a Christian. I go to church. I tithe 10% to the church every summer. Our church has summer camp where they send the youth to camp for a week and they do all kinds of zip lining and all kinds of fun stuff. It's a great week that they spend away in Prescott. And that actually is what brought me into church. I hadn't gone and wasn't really a believer or follower or anything. And when my daughter was little, she really wanted to go to this camp and I was like really against it. And then they offered to sponsor her and I didn't understand why they were doing this. And Overall, it made me start going because I wanted to know why they wanted her to go to camp so bad and I had to go anyways. Anyways, that brought me into church and it, it means so much to me. So every summer when it's time for church camp, it's a big deal to me to sponsor as many kids as I can. So I take 10% of everything I earn during that time of season when it's camp season and it goes all towards sponsorships. Last year, I sponsored about 30 kids to go to summer camp. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? My website is www.trishsellslv, like Las Vegas.com. My phone number is 702-308-2878. And I have an email address, trishwilliams at kw.com. You didn't even mention Facebook. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> My Facebook page is called Your Realtor, Trish Williams. Keller Williams, the marketplace one. Okay, great. Yeah, I was like, I was waiting for the Facebook mention. Wait, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> where is it? Well, Tris, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you get 90% of your business from referrals and your approach for doing so, which is using Facebook as a form of gaining referrals. And it's not a commercial if we were to become friends with you. It's simply what you've got going on and your exclusive focus on Facebook as a platform versus fragmenting it out across many platforms, not being good at any of them or being average at all of them, but instead you're really good and doing really well within one platform. I think there are a couple lessons there. And then just your overall approach, like you meet someone, hey, what's your name? I'll add you on Facebook and we'll stay in touch. Great. And it's just a platform that you've used to, as you said, build credibility with people first before you sit down with them. Because I've seen that in my business. I'm sure every best ever listener has seen that as well. It's a completely different conversation when someone knows you prior to you sitting down or jumping on a call with them compared to you two being relatively strangers to each other and then having to build up from nothing. It's just a completely different conversation, and it's so much smoother when you two know a little bit more about each other. So thanks for being on the show, Trish. Thanks for sharing that insight. I hope you have a best-ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, Joe. It was great talking to you, and have a great week. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com.